If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. This is Nicole. And I'm Erin. <laughs> um, and we are here to talk to you today about some mindset shifts that you kind of have to accept or go through or embrace, or I don't really know what the right word is, but um, in order to really kind of get the hang of or, or, or be willing to, you know, use 3D instruction. So these are things that we have all gone through. So like Aaron and I have gone through. So yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. Do you want to start? Uh, Yeah, I can start. Um, So I think the first thing is moving away from a content focus, like, you know, focusing on what students need to know. And I think that for, for myself, for sure, the first time I saw the standards, I was like, where is that familiar piece? And I focused in on the DCI and I'm like, okay. Well, me too. (laughs) Raising my hand. (laughs) Like, sweet. I will tell them all of these things and I'm done. Great. Yes. Yes. I, so this is the hard, I feel like this is the hardest one because even as you embrace 3D approaches and all of that, you still have just like ingrained in you from your whole experience in education that like knowledge is the end goal. The end goal is to understand these things. But then you get into like thinking, and this is where I get like weird and philosophical, like why, (laughs) why, but why, like, why is that really that important? And some, I mean, sometimes it is, but you have to, you have to give me more than just the content to show me that. Um, And maybe sometimes it's not for everybody. Like, hello, how many times if you're not a science teacher or if you're not, okay, like think of your, like your husbands or your spouses or your partners or whatever. Um, if they are not in a science field, have they ever had to draw a diagram of the rock cycle since like learning it in school? Probably not. Have they ever had to like explain the difference between sedimentary and metamorphic rocks? Probably not, you know? Um, and I'm not saying that like we shouldn't teach that stuff and expose our students to those things. But I just think that we get so hung up on, they need to know this, they need to know this, they need to remember this, they need to like have it in their brains for the rest of their lives when the reality is maybe they don't, Yeah, you know, maybe they don't like, so I I think that one thing we can maybe ask ourselves is like, okay, here's the knowledge. What do you want them to do with it? Like if, are you preparing them to do something with it? 
or really to do something with any type of knowledge in the future, you know, and maybe that's like the more important focus where, yeah, of course, we want to expose our students to these content ideas and these science facts and understandings and all that. That's literally our job. We're science teachers. But we also maybe need to, or we should be, I'm just gonna say we, we should be, um, I'm hedging my language here, like maybe, but no, we should be doing more than that. We should be giving them the tools and the the thinking skills and um, the creativity and all that to, to do something more with it than just not be encyclopedias when they grow up, but be problem solvers or creative thinkers or, or you know, good people in society. <laughs> I don't know, whatever your goal is. Right. Well, and I think like one of our major themes in season three was like making your content not Googleable because um, I I don't know. I just like, I think that knowledge in and of itself doesn't have as much value in society anymore because, mm-hmm. because you can access that knowledge at any point, you know, like just knowing something isn't really as value as, as valuable anymore because if I want to know, you know, like how something works or something like that, yeah. I can just Google it and I can get a really great video that explains all of the things to me. And yeah. and you can get like 50 videos that explain all of the wrong stuff to you, but make it seem like it's right. So isn't it better to have the critical thinking and the ability to analyze the data for yourselves and to um, take a look at the methodology and to just um, approach like it with a healthy skepticism and think for yourselves, like, because yeah, you can Google all the you know correct stuff. You can also get a whole lot of really wrong answers that are presented really well. So mm-hmm. there's we, more than just knowledge and facts and ideas. Yeah, we um, we've been having this conversation a lot in my class because I think with you know the COVID vaccine coming out, mm-hmm. there's just so much misinformation and so much like. Um, students are willing to, to give credibility to, you know, just about anyone on the internet. And, um, you know, so they're coming in, they're like, you know, did you see this? And is this true? And, you know, so teaching them how to evaluate that for themselves, I think is a huge piece of, you know, of what we should be doing. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, there's some things that our students don't have the, um, you know, ability at this point to evaluate or, or make sense of, but it's just getting in that mindset and of, Get building those skills over time, the goal is by adulthood, they come out with the ability to think critically and to um, examine many arguments before settling on one and examine the evidence for themselves. And all of these things that are part of these like science and engineering practices are literally just life skills exactly. <laughs> these days. <laughs> exactly. And I think also like, you know, we're seeing a lot of what happens when people don't have that, you know, even as adults, we're seeing a lot of adults who are, you know, spreading misinformation. Um, And again, you know, giving credibility to people who, (laughs) who should not have credibility. So yeah. yeah. Totally true. Yes. So knowledge is not really your end goal and you kind of need to let go of that, that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard. I think, cause a lot of us like a lot of people got into education because we just liked learning. We liked the knowledge. We liked the ideas. We find it fascinating, but it's not really the end goal of what we're doing here. Yeah. I, um, I had a realization a few years ago too. I think like um, we were talking about like showing videos in class and my, you know, my thought was why wouldn't I just show videos in class? Because they do such a better job of explaining with pictures and, you know, all of these things than, than I do. And I was like, no, because that's not the point, (laughs) you know, like that's 
literally not the point, you know, like, because they can watch TV and gain that knowledge as well. So yeah, yeah, there are a lot of Yes, exactly. There are a lot of like documentaries that explain science concepts way better than I do. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so that was the first one. Um, okay, the second one, letting go of this idea about of like the teachers need to be the sage on the stage or explainers or like put her outers of knowledge. <laughs> like we have the knowledge and our job is to transmit it to our students. And I think that that is something that, um, I mean, I for sure went through because I, it was like, well, if I don't tell them, how are they going to know this? Mm-hmm. But they can, like you can frame activities, you can frame um, learning experiences and explorations. Like that's literally what exploration is about. It's not about me telling you this in a video or in a text or in a um caption or a picture or a documentary it's you creating that knowledge for yourself um so I was gonna say it's kind of like a trust fall <laughs> you know like you just like it feels super <laughs> scary it feels like you are like falling backwards into space and you're like uh, this there's no way this is gonna work and yeah. it does and you like if you are willing to take that leap then you're also figuring out how to make sure that that everything works out. You know what I mean? Like you're, yes. you're doing all of those steps so that you don't fall flat on your face. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously if you're just like, go figure it out, your students are not going to do that. You have to get your, you, that's your job. You're the guide, you're the facilitator, you know, um, you're not just like setting you off the cliff and see you later. You know, you're like the little parachute person that's riding down when people skydive, you're guiding it. And they're experiencing it. Although they're not really doing much after that. So maybe that's not a good analogy, but whatever. (laughs) You're with them the whole time. Um, Yeah. So really needing to let go of that idea is is a big one. Um, And I think we, it it also comes down to trusting, like you said, it's a trust fall, but like trusting your students. Like I think a lot of teachers, and I'm saying this because I've, I hear from a lot of teachers saying things like my, my students aren't ready for that, or they can't, I don't think they can do this. Or, um, and I hear also from special ed teachers a lot because they are used to just automatically having to like scaffold and and do these things. Um, but in reality, our students are capable of doing a lot of things if you give them the opportunity to, and like a reason to like the drive to, you know, um, you have them engaged enough to put the effort in. For sure. And that kind of reminds me, like, we should have talked about it when we were talking about content focus, but just how difficult it is to memorize all of that vocabulary and all of that kind of stuff. And if you're, if you're taking the emphasis away from having to know all of these things kind of, I don't know, just like out in space, like having all of these like little random facts, it really, it, it takes away that, that stress from the students and they perform so much better. They do. Even I've, and this is something I've heard over and over and over again, when you are teaching 3D, when you're teaching NGSS, when you're, where you're really doing this like phenomenon focused um, 3D teaching, your ELL students do so much better and are just so much more comfortable. They really start to shine. Same with special ed. Like they can accomplish more than what our system has can maybe like pigeonhole them into exactly like limit, limit wise, you know? Sure especially with like all of the different modalities that you're using, you know, to have students learn this information. It's yeah. so much better for, for our students. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
right, and the last idea. So um, the last thing I think is um, that you need to value curiosity over getting everything done, like squeezing in everything that you're supposed to teach, um, you know, like getting that all into the school year. Instead, you know, really thinking about how you can get students to be curious about the content and acknowledging the fact that that's going to take extra time and it's going to be a little bit slower. So you probably won't be able to get everything in. Yes. So this question just came up in a, in a workshop I was doing. Um, it was like basically the same thing. Like, how do you get your your full year? Like, there's so many topics to cover. Like, how do you have time for all of this? And the reality is you don't. You know, I mean, I can't tell any one individual teacher, like, throw out those topics. Because I don't know if you have an administrator micromanaging you. I don't know if you are going to, like, lose your job if your students don't pass the test this year. Or, like, but I think it also is worth considering for everything that you teach, like, is this really vital? Is there, like, is there a way to just simply kind of like expose students to it, but maybe it doesn't eat up as much of your time. So if you're, if you're like, I really have to at least talk about this, like maybe it doesn't have to be what it has been in the past because maybe you want to spend more time allowing students to to be curious and, and explore different avenues within like another unit, you know, I mean, like there's a trade-off, like in order to allow students to be curious, like you said, you can't expect to cover the same amount of things because their curiosity is going to take them wherever it takes them. And if you want to be open to allowing learning to flow in that way, it means that you are less of that guide and, and there's less of a checklist to go through, you know? So, so there's that trade-off. And I think it's obviously every individual teacher just needs to take um, kind of take stock of where they are. But if you do have the freedom to make changes to your curriculum, to maybe change the order of topics, change the topics, um, change the depth to which you go into topics, like I think putting curiosity, like your students' curiosity first is one of the best things that you can do for your classroom culture and for your students in terms of making them really like owners of their learning and engaged engaged and active learners and all of that, you know? For sure. I like, I just think of times where, you know, like I've introduced a phenomenon and then we spend the entire period asking questions, you know, like that isn't something that we had room for before, you know, and no. it just, it places so much more value on students' thoughts and, you know, it, it just, it's a great shift. I love it. <laughs> it is, but it, but it is hard. Like even, so the other day I was doing like, it was a little bit, it was a couple of weeks ago, actually with my daughter, we were just doing, I don't know. I made this like little lesson about um, animals and we were talking about animals that live in the forest or something like that. And in my head, I'm like, okay, so I want to kind of show her the different like biomes or environments first, and then we'll talk about how we're going to be in the forest or whatever. And one of her first questions was like, where's the, like something about what that one eats. And my, in, my initial like drive was, was just to be like, hold that question. Let me talk. Let's talk about my stuff. And then I was like, no, wait, that's the opposite of what I want to do. She asked a question. Let's just go with it. You know? So I think it's, it's one of the hard, like one of the hardest things to do. Cause it, it, it relates to that giving up control that we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, but it, it, but sometimes it does mean like throwing out what you had, what you had envisioned for like the flow of your storyline or the flow of your lesson or, and, and kind of just opening it to be a little bit more responsive to your, 
here as students and your learners. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that also in doing that, you, your storylines and your, what you're teaching is like adapting to make it more interesting for all of your students in the future. You know, like you're, I don't know. It's like, it's almost like it's self-perfecting, not that it's ever perfect, but it's like, it's self-correcting so that, you know, you're, you're coming up with a really great set of lessons. Yes, that's so true. Yeah, because this, a lot of times we we do have the same curiosity or we respond to things in the same way, or like our students do at least. Yeah. Um, adult curiosity and student curiosity sometimes differs, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I think that really just I agree. Like putting curiosity, uh, up leveling your curiosity, like in terms of your priority list. You know, I think moving it higher up on the list um, can only help your students for sure. I've been thinking a lot about too. Um, I I don't know what's happening this year in particular, but like I think because I'm having so many more like direct messages with kids, I'm ge- getting a lot of their more like personal thoughts, and a lot of them are telling me, "Oh, I'm just not good at science. I'm just not good at science," and I'm hearing that like more than I ever have before. I think because they feel comfortable, you know, like having that conversation, and. Yeah. I think that when you put the emphasis back on curiosity, it shows them, no, like this is the most important part of science is that curiosity and that smart. And you were really great at it. We're all really great at it. We just kind of haven't showed you that that's what this really is. And you're slowly like, you know, through a lot of like coaching and a lot of it, you know, like telling them, no, you're doing a great job. Everybody's, you know, like we haven't figured out this piece yet. You're doing, you know, they, by the end of the unit, they're like, oh no, I am good at science, <laughs> you know, like yes. they- they're science people and they don't even know it. Yeah. Because yeah, I totally, I love that. Um, yeah. So true. Well, that's all we have for you today for some mindset shifts. So we just, I don't know, just give it some thought, you know, reflect on it. I think that's one of the, also one of the greatest things that we can do as 3D teachers is just question like ourselves. Why are we doing this? Why do I think that? Do I have to keep, like, what if that wasn't true? Like what other, what else could be, um, what else could be possible? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. We will catch you guys next week and have a wonderful week. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And you can drop us a message on the Teaching Science in 3D Instagram. It's at teaching science underscore in 3D or send Nicole and I a message on either at Sadler Science or at I Explore Science on Instagram. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.